Hey, I'm Simone Soul. I'm your Korean mom, and I set the world on fire with my pure existence. And guess what? So do you. This is my show. Keep listening. Hey, friend. If you are a practitioner of any sort and you feel squidgy about charging good prices that reflect the quality of your work, reflect the impact of your work on your clients, and is enough for you to have a beautiful life, you want to really listen to this episode because it's going to change the way you think about things forever. So going to first start with a little history lesson, given that most practitioners, healers, coaches, spiritual service providers, etc., are women or were socialized as women. Not all, but from where I can see, the numerical majority. Women, for thousands of years, were not used to getting paid at all. In fact, society was literally set up to prohibit our economic activity. In order to engage in economic activity, it helps to be considered fully human, right? With the intelligence and agency of a grown person with a full set of legal rights in the first place, right? And well, guess what? For thousands of years, not everywhere in the world, but in many parts of the world, women were considered to be less than men and were even considered the property of men. Women and girls were meant to be passed down from father to husband, And most women only earned the right to vote in the 20th century. In the United States, an unmarried woman could not get a credit card in her own name unless she brought a man to co-sign until 1974. 1974, y'all! And some banks discounted the wages of women by as much as 50% when calculating their credit limits. Women were more liable to be fired because she was quote-unquote liable to get pregnant (laughs) just for the sin, the crime of having a womb, women had been considered, had been the economic underclass in so many parts of the world for so long. So the idea of women being able to have money, let alone entrusting women with the exchange of value for money, let alone a woman having a lot of money, literally goes against deeply ingrained cultural codes about what's okay and what's not. And here's a little more history. When women started making money, it usually involved you know, doing things that women were expected to shoulder up for free up until that point in history, such as caretaking, teaching children, nursing, cleaning. This type of work, which involves you know, emotional labor and domestic labor and relational labor, had always been extremely devalued. It was considered less valuable than things that men did. And therefore, because it was less valuable, the pay was lower compared to male-dominated professions. Even then, so many were told they should still do it for free because it's quote-unquote helping people. Anytime it's like, oh, you're helping people, you can understand it in your head as traditionally devalued work, right? This still happens. Those in the helping professions get paid little and they are told that they should do it for free or for even lower out of the goodness of their hearts, out of the joy of helping people. It was a big enough struggle to get women to be paid for anything at all in the first place because society was built on women's uncompensated labor. 
Now, mental health, healing, coaching, self-development, this kind of thing, as a profession, introduced a dangerous new edge to this entire subversive formula. Now, think about this, this, this field. Not only is it predominantly done by women, and not only does it heavily rely on emotional labor, it also exchanges women's ideas and thoughts for money. Oh my God. Cue the patriarchy's collective gasp of horror. Like what? We had to fight so hard just to be able to have our own bank accounts and to be paid for labor that historically we were expected to do for free and we're still not paid equal to men according to most statistics. And now we're not even to get paid. We're not even scrubbing floors or dressing wounds or wrangling children to be worthy of receiving money. We're saying, hey, I have intellectual property. I have emotional labor to give. I have thoughts that add value to human life. Pay me. And the entire like patriarchy is like, whoa, what? Excuse me, slow your roll. What? Women making great money for her emotional labor and the quality of her ideas is deeply subversive. So please remember all of this next time somebody finds issue with the very idea of a practitioner being well paid or thinks you're charging too much or says that you should be doing what you do for free. If you really love helping people, you should do it for free or tries to get you to charge by the hour when that's not how you operate or tries to police how you use your money. If you're a practitioner, if you love helping people, you shouldn't be using money in that way. Well, according to fucking who, right? Remember this the next time someone finds issue with any aspect and tries in any way to link the way you earn and have and spend money with some kind of moral deficiency, misogyny runs wide and deep. It is in the air we breathe. It's in the water we drink. It is often internalized and weaponized even by women to be used against each other and themselves. And when you see it, you can recognize it have compassion for our collective wound. And my invitation for you is to lovingly, peacefully, and uncompromisingly set a new standard. Our daughters are going to thank us. And please don't let anyone price shame you in a culture where it is utterly normalized to pay boatloads of money for things that yield a far less valuable return on your long-term well-being. They think about the money that people just pour daily into degrees of dubious value, weddings, status symbols, escapist vacations, escapist, I deserve it, drinks and drugs and retail therapy that keep adding up like I could keep going on and on. Please remember that price shaming isn't coming from a vacuum. It is coming from a culture that also normalizes the erasure of mental health and spiritual needs, erasure of women's emotional labor, as well as the belittling and shaming of the labor of women, period. You know, don't let it escape you that healing, coaching, all these fields, it's a women-dominated profession, except at the very top. Sound familiar? Here's my ethical pricing philosophy, because this I'm like, okay, let's be aware of the history and know that in what context, in what historical, cultural, political context, you are being made to feel ashamed and guilty and bad and somehow wrong about charging good money, right? So here's how to charge and be ethical at the same time. And this is very, very simple. Make sure 
you're charging in a way where your client base and everybody's client base is different. Make sure your client base is well informed about what they're getting for the price and be transparent at every aspect of the transaction. So that's number one, really simple thing you need to do in order to have your pricing be ethical. Make sure you're transparent. Make sure your clients are well-informed about exactly what they're getting for what they're paying. Number two, make sure you create a culture of marketing, a culture of sales and transactions where your clients are purchasing from sufficiency and joy and peace and calm and delight, as opposed to purchasing from fear and scarcity and missing out. That in itself goes a really long way. We can create one of two conditions for people to buy. And one is from sufficiency and peace and calm and joy. And the other is fear and scarcity. Do not accept people's money when they're in fear and and, and scarcity. Can't talk, sorry. (laughs) Encourage people, create an environment, create a culture of your business where people are buying from safety. And third, give people a consistent experience of over-delivery right? And feeling like they're getting so much value for the money they're paying, right? That's something that's worth problem solving for. So in this podcast prior, I devoted an entire episode to what it actually means to overdeliver because I actually think most of the world has a misconception about what that means. They think overdelivery means hustling out more of your time and energy again and again and again, and that's not what I think it means. And so In that episode, I really encourage you to dig into it if you're like, oh, okay, so what does it actually mean for me to over-deliver? What does that look like? Because, you know, when your clients have an experience of like, wow, I feel, I feel really cared for in an extraordinary way in your offers, in your containers, that's pretty much, you know, a guaranteed recipe that they're going to keep being your clients and they're going to refer their friends to you, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a powerfully transformative gift you could give. But then there are, I distinguish between what I think is real over delivery versus shadow over delivery. And I talk about all of that in episode 152, 152. The title of the episode is the wrong way to over deliver. And so check that out if you want to learn more about my take on this topic. I have zero patience, zero for the kind of price shamers who's like, how dare you charge? It's like someone feeling salty about the consensual exchange of value between consenting adults due to their own lack of imagination about what value means and how it works is not your problem. Now, of course, there is a nuance here. There is something that is worth like thinking about conscientiously, conscientiously. And that is how to price in a way where you are charging, you know, an appropriate price, but that is also humane. So everything that I just said, like making sure that you're transparent and all your clients are well-informed about what they're getting, making sure they're purchasing from sufficiency and joy and peace instead of fear and scarcity and giving them an over-delivering experience. Like those will take you a really, really, really long way towards creating a fostering, a healthy, mutually nourishing ethical culture of service delivery and transactions. And here's the other aspect about humane pricing, which is there's a world of difference between charging a rate that accurately reflects the depth of your experience and the depth of your expertise and the true value of emotional intellectual labor, which is a lot. There's a world of difference between that and 
just hiking up your price at every turn because you can, just charging more and more and more just because you think people will pay it, right? Those are totally different things. Like I am going to charge a rate that reflects the value of my work and that is that rewards me, the practitioner, for all the, the training and all the experience and expertise, you know, that goes into this operation, right? Like I'm going to charge a rate that it reflects that that is different from what, you know, what I can call, uh, borrowing my friend Mariko's words, feral capitalism. Capitalism that has gone feral. That's like, I want more, more, more. I can charge more, more, more just because I can't. No, more. I can hike, hike up my price again, right? That's a different thing. Oh my God. Can you like hear my baby like screaming his head off in the background? <laughs> I'm like, stop crying. But mama has to record the podcast. This show must go on. So sorry about that. We're going to power through it together. <laughs> There's a lot of, how can I say, anxiety around both. And there's a lot of ways that people have made decisions that don't feel great to them in, in different ways. And so I want to say that for some of you, the work is going to be learning how to charge more and developing the sales skills and the marketing mindset and skills to be able to sell at that higher price consistently, right? So for many of you, you're going to need to learn how to hold the higher price in your body and feel safe and feel safe saying it and feel confident knowing that that what you deliver is worth that and more. And that's the work. For others of you, the work is going to be building in more inclusivity, by either charging less or creating flexible pricing or scholarships, right? So it's kind of like for some of you, you will have to, the work is to like say no to more people who want you to charge less so that you can be in congruence with, you know, the value of what you know your work to be worth. And for others of you, it's like you want to take steps to be more accessible, right? So it's like to the opposite. And discerning which camp you fall into is a critical part of your business liberation work, I want to say. It's not one or the other. It's you have to discern for yourself. You have to use your own judgment and your own values and your own wisdom and your own discernment to say, I fall into one camp. I fall into the camp where I need to learn how to charge more and consistently sell at that price confidently to the people who who would love to buy at that price. And for others of you, it's like, oh, my work is to make my stuff more accessible. So that discernment is critical. And know that women in bodies of color, once again, have been traditionally excluded from commerce and often violently. And supremacist systems will continue to thrive when we are chronically under-resourced and pressured to opt out of amassing wealth and using wealth as leverage to make change in the world. And if you don't charge enough, think of it like you're stealing from yourself to give to others. It really is like that. And when the foundation of your business is self-theft, that's neither effective nor congruent nor a sustainable place from which to serve. Once, but you're smart and I think we can hold it, right? You can charge in a way that feels beautiful to you, beautiful to the relationships that exist in the ecosystem of your business and in ways that add beauty to the world. You really can have all three and it's worth figuring out. I'll talk to you next week. 
If you're looking for a one-stop shop where you can find the best of my teaching, all organized into a beautiful and actionable sequence, guess what? I got you. I took the best of my podcast episodes and created a whole damn workbook around them. It's called the Simone Starter Pack, and it's the ultimate marketing cheat sheet. I got countless emails from folks who downloaded it saying, this free resource is worth more than all these courses I paid thousands of dollars for. So what are you waiting for? Go grab the Simone Starter Pack. The link is in the show notes. I can't wait to see what amazing results you'll get from it.